Welcome to the Connected Spirit Podcast. I'm your mentor, Courtney Dawson. I'm a professional medium, mentor, minister, and certified spiritual life coach. My goal with this podcast is to have deep, meaningful conversations regarding the journey of mediumship and spirituality. It is my hope that by listening, you will feel seen and confident in your own experiences. I invite you to join me on this journey. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. I am so stoked about my next guest coming on. And I have to have to tell you a little bit about her. She is an angel guided psychic medium and a shaman who is based in Nashville, Tennessee. She's a former nurse who turned professional psychic medium mentor and helps out on missing persons cases. Welcome Amy Blackhurst to the show. Amy, I'm so really honored to be able to take this time connect with you and have you share your voice with my listeners. How are you? Courtney, thank you so much. I really appreciate this opportunity to be here and get to know you and get to know your listeners. And what a beautiful like voice, by the way, I want to say your voice is really beautiful. Really? Yes. Has anyone told you that? You have a very sexy, calming, authoritative voice. Authoritative? Yes, I know that. (laughs) But But it's also got this, this sexy purr to it. Oh, Oh. A little, and it makes people want to listen and oh. possibly follow some instructions because <laughs> we know people struggle sometimes. Well, that. let me say I'm happily married 12 plus years. <laughs> there you go. She's like, I'm so good at giving. I'm so good at giving to do's. <laughs> oh my God. Thanks that's for funny. having me. Thanks for You're having welcome. Me. You know, what's so interesting is I've always disliked the sound of my voice. Really? Yeah, it's cringy. I don't like it. But honestly, mm-hmm. if my spirit team hadn't encouraged me to more than once, by the way, to do the show, I would have never done it. I don't want to listen to my voice. Okay. I will take this. I will take this compliment. That you, okay. Interesting that you say that because before I started my podcast, I was the same way because back in school, I had a little bestie back in sixth grade say that I had a horrible voice. We were in chorus together, choir together. And you know, kids, they're mean. And she said I had a horrible voice. And so I never liked my voice on recordings. And then I started my podcast like you. I was called. Spirit's like, you're going to do this. And I'm like, how? I don't even know. Like, I'm not this. I don't know how to do this. They're like, you will. And I did. And thank God for YouTube. Long story short, so many people were making comments about my voice. And I thought, well, shit. Wasn't I just really destructive to self? So... I'm very, and and, and I am a voice person. I'm a Taurus. I love senses. Okay. Sounds, smells, feels, and you have a very intriguing voice. Thank you. I will take that. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'm learning to accept compliments as part of my inner healing. I'll say that. Me too. Me too. I came across you on Instagram and what really stood out about your social media profile. I mean, I meet a lot of people on social media. I think we all do, but really what stood out to me is that you're unfiltered and I love that and, and filtered in this, in the fact that like you touch on topics that other people shy away from, you use your voice, you use some colorful language and I love it because Can you beep it here. You do you say the language? Do you beat the do you, do you beat the f bombs? Okay, because no. I was I was gonna say fuck fuckity fuck fuck, so that your editor had to go. <laughs> no, just for fun. <laughs> no, but I will say I am changing the rating of my show. And okay, I want to start today. <laughs> no, I am. You want to know why? Like I was. Oh, I shouldn't say this because it's so negative. I was formerly married for fourteen years to a truck driver, and when they say truck drivers cuss a lot. They kind of do, but actually I would say it was more my mother who's got the potty mouth, swear. Like when it's her time to cross over to the other side, hopefully, God forbid, not anytime soon. If I go for a reading and someone says that I got this sweet little old lady who comes in and she's just so gentle and kind and polite, I'd be like, you're bullshitting me, that's not my mom. That's not her. She's a, she's a rowdy one. (laughs) Oh yeah. She coming in hot. And if she doesn't say F within the first two, like 10 times in the first two minutes, it's not my mom. She's a lady. Send her to me. I would like to give her a free reading (laughs) (laughs) just just to be her friend. (laughs) 
because she is something else, Amy. She's something else. But yeah, it's when I seen your profile, I was like, okay, this woman is talking my language. And honestly, there's a lot of stuff that I've been nervous about actually sharing even my own stuff on social media, because is that going to push away like my current client base? I'm going to say there's just a lot of fear based around it. Is it going to like deter people from really learning about the message of spirit, what mediumship's all about. And that's like part of my inner conflict that I've had and I'm, and I'm healing and I'm working through. Right. But anybody that knows me, I'm like heart centered. I'm down to earth, but I don't put up with bullshit. And like you're I sassy. Like, you're sassy though. Yeah. Your shit together. You do. I do. I just say it as it is. And the people that are in my life that have known me for decades, and I keep that small group. I don't need a big group. It's not my thing. They're like, Courtney, you've just not changed. You've changed, but you haven't changed. And I said, Well, that's a good thing that I am changing, but like you know, being an ordained spiritualist minister, you know, in the churches, I can't, you know, there's, there's etiquette, right? I get it. But at the same time, you can't change who you are. And you really are like fiercely lighting the path for other healers, workers, readers, mediums. And so I want to honor you for that. And that was so like refreshing. Thank you. That means so that's like, you're making like, you're not just making my day, you're making you're making a moment for me mm. when you say this. Okay. You're not just making a day, a month, a week, a year. You're making a moment. This is a pivotal moment. When I have another medium who I also see as quality, classy, spicy, a good healer, a good teacher with integrity, say that and recognize that without looking at me and going, oh my God. She's giving us a fucking bad name right now. (laughs) No. Instead, you're saying that's my sister. And I may not come in hot in the ways that Amy does, but I see where she's coming and I'm able to get there with her. And I love that everybody has their different levels. I'm going to tell you, you may have more, you may have have clients that are a little bit more, prestigious in a way where they're afraid to come to me because they know I'm, I'm, I might say something that makes them feel triggered because not everybody is comfortable with me being clearly honest, honest and blunt. But what people have to understand too, though, is that even though I am this person, I was a nurse for years. I am a nurse. I was, I was a nurse for years, bedside hospice, I worked, I worked as a nurse, a civilian nurse in a naval hospital in California, but ultimately, and then I also eventually became a manager, a, a director of nursing over 500 employees and staff nursing and CNAs and caregivers and the things. And ultimately what I've learned is that when people are hurting, when people are scared and when people are emotional, their vulnerability is there. And the one thing they have to, they can know is when they're with me and I'm reading for them, they know exactly where I am. They know my vulnerability. Yeah. I become vulnerable with them. And some people don't like that. Some people don't like a, a reader to be vulnerable. They like to, so everybody's different in what they want. Ultimately, you have the opportunity to be more vulnerable. Absolutely. It's a learn. You've always been. If you and I were hanging out, just you and I, you would loosen that up. It's because it, because I see it. I know you're sassy. I know you're vulnerable and fun. It's because we are taught to be professionals. We weren't just readers. We are professionals. We have professional readers. We are professionals. I worked as a professional. I sat in board meetings in suits and, you know, heels and all of it. And so have you. And so we are taught and programmed to remain in a box of you have to be professional. And the more and more closer I came to the end of my career, which I didn't realize at the time I was coming that soon, that spirit was like, it's time. I was having a very hard time staying in that box, a really hard time, like a really hard time. And I was getting depressed. And I was feeling sick 
And when I started to come out of the closet in the world, I was already doing this stuff. When I came out of the closet, I was very, hi, I'm Amy. I'm blah, blah. I'm very careful. And I had someone say to me, you're so fucking funny behind the scenes, dude. Like you are like, you need to loosen up. And so I slowly began to do that. And even in my podcast, I have to, I have to start, I have to change the intro. I have to, my podcast is a couple of years old and I have to change the intro and, and I have to, because that was a reserved Amy. It was all, it was all genuine. It was all what I meant, but I didn't open up. I wasn't opening up my sales. Yeah. Like sales, like, like Titanic. sales. <laughs> So here I am. And the more I did that, the more people, it's interesting. The more people thought it felt my authenticity. Yeah. They just wonder, they felt it. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to keep being me. And so far that works. I will get, I know there's people that don't book with me because they're afraid of what they're, of maybe I don't like that. She says F, F this, F that. But I also know how to read a room. Yeah. If, I know that that person is not going to enjoy me being that way. I know how to talk to someone. So it's just a matter of, you just have to, you have to be very clear with people. Like I will give you what you need and I will be gentle, but I will always be real. Absolutely. And I think that that's, so when you reached out to me, I, I was excited because I see that in you. And as you get more comfortable with I, I basically, my common thumb and rule is when I make reels and when I'm on the live, I care about who loves me. I, it's not about who doesn't, who likes me or doesn't like me. It's who loves me. I want to know who loves me. And that's who I focus on. Cause if I focused on the other shit, I'd be rocking in a ball. I'd be crying. I'd probably be a, an addict to some really bad drug to numb it because I cared so much. So I have to care because I'm an empath. So I'm going to care about the people who love me. And being an empath really would have been such a perfect set of soul skills, qualities, traits to like take you into nursing. Yeah. How do you go from nursing to, to taking this full time? walk me through that I'm so curious about me it's interesting I mean it's not easy I was I ended up taking an emergency leave off my job I had been there for a year almost exactly and I had gotten kudos I had gotten beautiful report like you know feedback I'd saved thousands of dollars was I perfect and everything no fuck no I mean it's a crazy insane amount of staff to manage and everything that was doing. And I ended up having anxiety. I had ended up having major anxiety attack to the point where, and it was supposed to be a second attack within the last three years of that time frame. And this was like six, seven years ago. And long story short, I realized I needed to get out. I needed to get out. Spirit was showing me the way and I took it. I was already working with a shaman just a little bit at the time. I was already in my gifts, reading on the side, all of that. But basically, I just, I, I took another job that I thought would be less stressful. I had a better view. I had my own office. I wasn't beds, I wasn't managing that kind of staff. I wasn't having to go to bedside. I wasn't having much more casual, but it was still during the pandemic situation I was really struggling with that and all of the illusions that attached to it. I lost friends because of it, because of the choices they made in their health choices. We won't get into it, but ultimately yeah. it didn't fit. And I walk, I had to walk away and I was scared. I have a partner. I have a husband. His name is Tony. He is a cool surfer, dude, professional, He's an electrician of years. Now he's a, a foreman for an amazing company here in Tennessee, building foreman. And I just love him. And he's so open-minded and he really helped me just know that I was safe. And I worked, I, I did side hustle consulting as a nurse. I did things so I could work from home. Mm -hmm. So I was able to really just start pushing my business. 
And I had to jump. I jumped in the water, even if I knew, and I'm, I'm petrified of sharks, but I jumped in the water. I knew that there's a potential. I could be bitten. I could be eaten. I could fail. Yeah. I hated, but I had to trust spirit because they told me you're starting a podcast and you're going to start showing your face and you're going to start showing you are it's time. I had come out a little bit in one, at one point and I didn't really get a good response. And, but I came out on Facebook where it's like all my friends that knew me growing up and all my, you know, no, but you can't be a, you can't be, you, you just, you just can't be a prophet in your hometown <laughs> unless you really hit it big. Like they're going to question you. Right. So long story short, that's how I came into it. And as I built into my career as a nurse, I eventually, I just, it, it was already there. And so I, that's built me professionally. It built my professionalism. It helped me with my medical mediumship. It helped me with my crime and my investigations that I do um, because I worked around people who were traumatized. Yeah. I worked around people who had been victimized, who had been physically victimized physically, emotionally, spiritually, financially. And so I fell into that missing person cases working right. Currently I'm working on a case where it is, it is a suspicious death case, potentially what they're saying, a suicide, but it's not. And it would be a very weird suicide when the person was found on a, on the beach naked with cuts on her face. She has two small children. She adores. And they say, well, she was, she was promiscuous and she was, she was salty and she caused a lot of, there was a lot of issues. Yes, but we must look deeper. Absolutely. <laughs> the writing is on the wall. And so right now myself and a handful of psychic mediums are currently working this case. So I call it an internship. And the family, the partner of this past loved one did not have a lot of funds to work with me in this process. And so we were talking and decided, I asked him, how do you feel about bringing in and doing sort of a, a residency with other, other very well known, very established psychics who want to come in, then they'll donate a small fee to help with, with me putting this together for you. And we'll work on it for an, a certain amount of time. And that's what we're doing. We're actually, we've met a couple of times and we're getting ready to meet with him tonight. The, the partner of this, this potentially, this potential victim. And we're working to turn the case open more so that they will look at this more closely. And so that's, so people say you're like, how do you do that? What I did is I, I worked, I did side hustle stuff as a nurse. I worked from home. Like I was creative. I wanted to be home so that one minute I could be on in a meeting, a zoom meeting, doing a consultation, but then boom, I'm working on my business. The other thing was we were living in San Diego. It was expensive. We were paying like well over two grand a month for a 900 square foot apartment with a really good view and a balcony. <laughs> and a little Sounds like you're from Canada. So I live in Canada, honey. It is like three thousand dollars for an eight hundred square foot. It's just bloody insane. Okay, so, holy, so that so you are working it. You're grind. You're hustling. So that was the okay. So that was the first, the beginning of it, and I was hustling. Yeah, I was hustling. There was a couple things that worked out for me in blessings because I took that leave of absence because of my anxiety as soon as I was ready to come back only after a week and I had not taken any vacation time at kudos with the company, I was let go. I was no longer a good fit because I had anxiety attack because I was all of a sudden, she's breaking. Well, they took my two assistants away over all the staff. They have all these goals. It was a lot. And I, it was not filling my cup anymore. <clears throat> I did decide, and I didn't want to, but I did decide to reach out to an attorney. And a year later, after tons of notes and tons of back and forth, and I was exhausted, but a year later, they let me go. So I was a, I had unemployment for a little while. Um, but with about a year later, I also won a small settlement for wrongful term. It wasn't a lot, 
but it kept me afloat for about a year while I was busting my, and that was being frugal, busting my ass to be seen, doing what I could do to be seen. Word of mouth. I started working with a shaman for self. Next thing you know, the shaman was like, you are such a medicine woman. I'm Abenaki. I have, I have Native American lineage, Northern, like Montreal, Northern Vermont, where I'm originally from. Okay. And so long story short, I just, I started embracing it more. And then he asked, you know, he had said to me, I would like to work with you as a partner. So we worked as business partners, started working in retreats and I was working in retreats. I was working with vets. I was working with people who are, who've been through major trauma, major war. And then basically what landed me into investigation and and basically any kind of investigative work around spirit was one of the people that came to an event that we did a retreat with. I kept getting flashes of war, physical hurting of people. I saw flashes of women. I also saw flashes of men. And I said to this gentleman, he was, and he had this beautiful, beautiful warmth about him. He was about six, five, probably 300 pounds, African-American man, very warm. We'll call him Kyle. And Kyle, I said to him after the ceremony, you've been through war. Are you a vet? And he said, no, which was concerning because I saw a lot of war around him. And so I was starting to experience this about five, six years ago. And I was starting to experience more, more vividness was coming in stronger for me around investigative stuff. And Long story short, we we got interrupted and there was a contest and he ended up winning out of these 30 people in this in the ceremony. He won the contest and he asked me if we could meet in person in Ocean Beach, California, which is near where I live. And he he was more northern. And so I agreed. And it was such a hot day. We were going to meet near the beach in public, but it was so hot. There wasn't a lot of shade. We decided to meet between some park side cars in some shade under palm trees where occasionally people are walking surfers and things. And I did bring, you know, I had water and everything. And we had a great session for a first little 20 minutes. Then the flashes came back in. And I said, I keep seeing a lot of blood and I keep seeing a lot of hands and hurting and shooting. I said, were you in? And then I saw prison and I said, were you in prison? And he said, I was. Wow. Okay. When he was younger. And I also had said to him, I'm seeing a lot of packages and like planes and ramps. And he asked me again, how do you see this? I said, it just comes in. I don't know. And he said, yes, I work for a major airline and I am, I oversee. And I said, there's something illegal going on there. You must be careful. In fact, if I were you, I would get out, out like, and I I don't even know how he had this job. He was, he said, I am a manager for a company. And he said, I, you are correct. And I said, you want to get out now because there's going to be an investigation coming. You want to get out, disappear from that. And then this cat walked by, this little cat. And this cat literally was like, hi, baby. And the cat saw him and instantly, instantly, and I'm an animal lover. All of a sudden I looked and again, downloads, 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 downloads. And I said, animals, I said, you don't like animals. You you hurt animals. And he started crying. This is a big man. Wow. He said, I can't stop. And all of a sudden the flashes came back. And I realized I was sitting with this man in a semi-public area in Ocean Beach, California on a weekday. No one knows I'm there. I'm sitting with a serial killer. I'm sitting with a man who has taken lives and who kills animals to prevent himself from hurting people. I'm sitting with a man who's been brutally, brutally abused as a child over and over and over again, who who has an entity connection on him. I said to him, I said, you've hurt people and animals and he's crying. And I said, and then all of a sudden I, I just kind of, I looked down, like I looked down because I have, I have, a, I had a crystal similar to this that I brought with me and I grabbed it calmly. 
And I looked at him and he got up on his, he was on, he was sitting down, he got up on his knees, towering over me. And this is a, a, a black man. And he went pale. His eyes went black. This is a very kind, loving human that turned to somebody else. Hmm. And I said, Kyle, do you feel like you're going to hurt me right now? And I'm looking around and I said, you're okay and you're safe. Everything is okay. He's, and he just clenching his paws, his, his hands, his paws, interesting. He got up and he said, I have to go. And he just started walking away. Holy shit. And that was the last time I saw him. I did send him, I sent him a message. I had his email and I sent him the name of a shaman I knew in Costa Rica. I recommended he go. The person he was dating, I connected with immediately and communicated with her and told her what had happened. I had to, it was a safety issue. Absolutely. And then that was, that was it. And the last I knew he went to go to the shaman and he worked with the shaman and she disconnected with him as well, but he was working with the shaman. I don't know what, where he's at at this point. That is intense. That's intense. That's, that's that what, so, that's so what I knew. I knew that I would be working in and around yeah. And then other things started to come hand in hand. It just started coming where I've worked with police. I've had cases where I just knew where a journal was. I said, it's in the, it's in an old vent that's no longer used under the carpet. And they're like under the carpet. Yeah. Under her bed. It's an, it's a wood floor under her carpet. Yes. Do you have wood floor in the hallway? Yes. It's yes. But it's, it's an older house. Yes. It's under the carpet. They found it. Well, then I, of course, I'm called in. They fingerprint me because they want to know how I know. Yeah. And in the journal, it stated she was having an affair with a teacher. She took her life. Mm -hmm. But there was nobody. I was sitting with a friend who was a friend of a friend. And I started getting downloads and I was telling her about this. And she's like, oh, she took her life. I said, no, I, I understand that. But there's a reason they need to know what I, what happened. Yeah. So when these things started to happen, I knew what spirit wanted me to do. I don't want to work with dangerous people. No, that's not what I'm, I'm not looking to work with them. No. But I want to help families or detectives or police with it if I can. I've always had a fascination with it since I was young with police and detective and all of it. Me too. Uh, me too. Okay. Yeah. okay. It resonates. So, I think a lot of psychics do because we, we get puzzles from spirit. Yeah. Spirit sometimes can be so frank and clear. Other times they it's puzzles and drops. And I think for us, we also find it intriguing to look into the mind of potentially a killer, serial killer, yeah. abuser, because it helps us connect to the case. And you have to be a very special person and you have to be a warrior because it's not for every, it's not every psychic or medium is comfortable with that. Yeah. But you would be a really good, I would say, Courtney, you would be a really good nurse, super good teacher, super good nurse, super good detective because you're organized and you're super hyper aware psychic is what they say. I know I am hyper aware. Yeah. You are a hyper aware psychic. And there are people who are psychics and they're good psychics and they're good mediums. And then there are people that are super hyper aware. It's like, it's like a, it's like an add on at a Jamba juice. <laughs> good analogy. I get it. <laughs> Because you had asked me earlier about how did you jump into this? So yeah. that's how I fell in. We eventually moved from San Diego because it was so expensive. We moved to Tennessee where it cost $15 to register your car and another $15 to get your license and a decent picture because they're so nice uh, down here, y'all. And they'll say, well, check it out. You look, let's get a little bit. Tilt your head a little bit. There he goes. Ah, oh my but, God. Yeah. My yeah. husband and I are just on a side note, Tennessee is one of the places we've been looking at moving. No, I kid you not I'm tell you right now. It doesn't matter where in Tennessee you live. You will literally be my neighbor because Tennessee is a very, a very short, it's not a, it's a long state, but not a deep state. Okay. So 
driving wise to meet up with people isn't it's 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 a it's a maybe a day's drive. It's a few hours. It's not a big deal. Even friends in like I have friends in Georgia. They're like, I'll see you in six hours. Or hey, let's meet halfway. Or hey, I'm in Georgia. I'm two hours. I'm two hours from Nashville. And I'm like, oh, I'm forty minutes. I'll see you in Nashville. Let's hang out. Love it. It's so fun. You need to come here. So my husband, on a total different note, but I, I want to get back to your psychic okay. investigations because it's so amazing. So my, I've been really feeling the call, like shit's going down in 2024. I live in, I call it, uh, I don't know. I don't want, the government in Canada is very crazy right now. And no. it's like under dictatorship. So I have to be very careful what I say. I'll just okay, say fair. what is, what is going on in my country no longer resonates. And I'm feeling yeah. a sense of urgency to get the hell out. That's another one. That's another comment. Another topic we need to talk about once you're out. Yeah. Once you're free. Have you ever watched The Handmaid's Tale? Only a couple episodes. I, I don't really know the whole show. My cousin watched it and she said it's incredible. It's incredible. It's we have to as power as light workers and power healers, we have to really continue to bring light. And if you're in a place where you're not allowed to do that, because they're going to be you will literally and even I mean, even on certain certain platforms you have to be really careful like i have a oh yeah right little banning going on and on certain platforms where i'm only able to reach so far when i get 150 followers i also lose about 100 followers when i get 150 followers sometimes i'll lose 200 when i get 150 followers i'll lose 150 followers i lose i get 200 i'll get do you see so yeah i get what yeah. you're saying i will say to you Nashville's amazing. I live about 30 minutes from Nashville. And if you would like to come for a visit, if you would like me to show you around, whatever I would love you to connect. You know, I'd love that. Yeah. I would I'll be all over it. We're yeah, we are looking at moving to the States through his work because, because of a visa. So it's a process. It takes time, but we are gonna be doing, I think, like a three or four month trip in North Dakota. North Dakota. But oh uh, shit. Oh my god, the synchronicities. <laughs> I was born in North Dakota. Okay. Is it good there? Well, I have no idea. They moved me. I the, the only picture I can remember from North Dakota that my mom will, or my dad will uh, sometimes bring up is the one of me eating a frozen poop at a year old in a, in a, one of those big ass snowsuits where you're like hardly moving. <laughs> you're holding a poop and they're like, wait, don't take it yet. Get her photo and then take the poop. <laughs> Yeah, from what I hear, it's cold as fuck. Yeah, um, so I don't really remember it, but I also hear it's absolutely beautiful. So it's maybe not a place you want to hang out for a long time. No, I don't want to live there. Maybe but just for the a, little, a little experience and then get your asses down to Tennessee, y'all. I definitely want to move south. It's when he worked in Georgia, we stayed in Atlanta and the vibe there it was just... I'm like, oh my God, I feel like I'm home. And I usually get homesick. Don't ask me why. I have no idea. I do. I get homesick real bad. I do. Like I'm in my forties and I get homesick, whatever. I don't care <laughs> who I am. Hypersensitive and in person. I'm so hypersensitive. It's ridiculous. But when I was there, I'm like, oh my God, I don't want to leave. Like, I love it here. Anyways, that's a whole, that's a whole thing. Okay. Well, so, we That's can a talk whole other topic on that too. We will, we will. So your psychic work, it was almost like it was very spawn. It has been very spontaneous. And then it's grown and, and evolved into like where you're actually helping people get information that can help bring closure. And have you ever had experiences where like you've worked directly with the police and they're like respecting the information that you're giving them because I've, I know other psychic investigators in Canada and like your experience, they got fingerprinted and they were thoroughly investigated. Like, how do you know this? What's going on? And it actually deterred them from wanting to do the work because they're like, I'm getting put in a position where I could face like charges and, and shit. Right. Yeah. I have watched a lot of investigations and that's a great question, by the way. I appreciate that question. And when I teach, I actually teach my, you know, psychic investigation to people, etiquette to it and what to be prepared for. You know, ultimately it's more seen and understood now than it was 10 years ago, five years ago. It's even more seen. However, yes, I knew that because I worked here when I was younger, before I went to nursing school, I worked for a dentist and 
the I ended up walking out. I was young. I was in my early 20s. I ended up walking out because one of the dentists was just a narcissist. And I ended up just walking out. And they were having some construction done on the building at the time. And you had people coming in and out of the building. And this was many moons because I'm I'm in my late 40s. And I had this premonition and I was young, like maybe 20. And I had this premonition, not even a day after, oh, I have a key to the building. I need to get that back ASAP because if somebody were to break in or do anything, they're going to think it's me. That was in an evening. The next morning I had a phone call on my, on my phone and they said, you need to come into the police station there's been a break in, break in in the dental office that you left, you walked out on a day ago, yeah. and we need to fingerprint you and ask you questions. And I was in there for two hours, and they were like, "Have you ever touched the petty box, the petty money box?" I was like, "No, no, wouldn't I know what box you're talking about at the desk? You know, it's this tin box." I said, "I said no." I said, "Did they tell you that there was construction?" workers in the building in and out of that building consistently coming in and out and they said no <laughs> but they said you were pretty pissed off when you left and I gave him the key and the guy asked me he's like where are you I said I'm working for a car rental company right now <laughs> I hadn't gone to school yet I went to school a little bit later in, in life nice. and anyway and he he realized that he's like this kid's like she's good she's not and I never heard from them after that. Not, not a word, not even an apology, nothing, not at all, whatever. But so I, I experienced that before. So I just assumed, and then, you know, I've always watched detective shows and murder shows, all that stuff. I've always found it fascinating. And so I guess my assumption was if whatever I'm seeing is truly what comes from it, there may be questions and I'm not really scared. I don't know why I'm not fearful. And I think I'm not fearful because being a nurse and the shit that I've seen and the stuff I've dealt with, I just don't, I don't know. My fear is more about losing the closest people I love. That's my, those are my fears. I'm not really fearful. And heights, heights and sharks. Heights, sharks, and alligators. I'm going to be honest, alligators, I don't want to be eaten by anything. So sharks, alligators, and the fear of losing my, my, someone I love that that's close to me. Yeah. Those are my biggest fears. That's it. But you're not worried yeah. about them having any issues or like checking in on the information or like bringing you in, like you're good with it. I, I'm not, I'm not thrilled about it. I don't enjoy it, but I, but I feel like if any, I honestly, here's my thought. If they're good detectives and they're doing their jobs, they'd be stupid not to. Totally. <clears throat> when someone knows something or knows of something about the case that no one else knows. Yeah. And the husband of the, the father, stepfather was a police officer also. So when stuff was coming up and he went to the detective and was like, no, I've had some detectives that are really very cordial. They're not acknowledging whether they believe me or not believe me. They just simply ask me questions. They don't tell you when you've hit on stuff. They don't tell you. That's the hardest part of working crimes. You're not getting validation like you are with a loved one who's like, oh my God, yes, blah, 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 blah. You're absolutely right. You're not getting that most of the time they don't, sh they, and they're, they know how to, they know how to block because they have to, because they're working with very dark empaths. They're working, they're dark empaths that are in those jails, those prisons that are committing these crimes. There are intuitive people who are creating crimes. So these detectives and police have learned how to kind of put the wall up, so to speak, they whether they are dark empaths or not, they just do. Yeah. Right. Because I know police officers who are the biggest, funniest, dopiest empaths and coolest people. But when they're in uniform and working, they're different. They're not that person. My son was just sworn in as a sheriff's deputy a couple of weeks ago. Congratulations to yes. him. Thank you. He's going to be 23 
And his name is Noah. And I will say, like I said to him, his nickname when he was in the academy was Bulldog. And I said to him, you know, when you go out into that world, you are no longer Noah. You are deputy Bulldog blank, whatever his last name is. Leave it at that. And he's like, you're right. I said, you're not here to make, you're not there to make friends. You're not out there to make friends, but you're out there to be respectful and to look people in the eye and treat them with respect. Right. And so it's just, and so now I have a child and this explains a lot. I've always been fascinated. Now I have a child who's not been in like, never really watched police shows, but always as a child growing up said, I'm going to be a police officer. I'm going to work special forces. I'm going to be, he just, that was what he knew. Knew. Just like I knew I was going to be a nurse. I'm like, what else am I going to do? What else am I going to fucking do? <laughs> I know people. That's the best. I just felt like that was the best job I could do. I know people. I can feel people. Yeah. I can feel their bodies. I, I got, I just got to get, I just got to get through nursing school and I'm okay. <laughs> At least I thought. <laughs> <laughs> and then I got in the real world. But this is incredible though. I just, it's fascinating to me, like your, your story of being a nurse and then all of those experiences that you've had in your, in your work as a nurse. I mean, you're dealing with death, trauma, violence, health issues. Like you're dealing with like some dark, heavy energy. Right. And, but how it's really almost, it was like a like a preparation, a time of preparation for the work that you do, you were going to be doing next. I just think that really shows the intelligence of the spirit world. Yes. I love that, Courtney. That's, that's beautiful. And that's exactly true. The reason we went through our pains, the reason we went through people like, I don't know why I went to school for this. Now I'm doing this because it prepared you. It gave these big ass spirit balls, I call them, you know, like the big fuzzy balls. I have some of these fuzzy balls. My cats like to play with on their little cat tree. I call them spirit balls. And those big fuzzy balls are important. They're the backbone to help push us towards manifesting and generating our purpose. Our purpose is already set in the blueprint, but it's, we must work through and understand the blueprint to get to that. And I didn't understand it. And that those late nights, those, when I worked 24, I I got stuck on the floor 24 hours once because no one came to cover me in a, in this, in this small little, little uh, community that I was the nurse in. And I had to hold down and thinking, why the fuck did I take this job as a, not even a very, very seasoned nurse at the time. You know, there was so many times or when I had to pull over on an accident on a snowy road where there was nobody but me in a car with a mother who had, and a father who had passed, one who had been decapitated, with a three-year-old in the back seat and a newborn in the back seat. And, and having to pull them out and hold them and, and keep them safe. You, and I think, why the fuck? And almost wanting to take your life after. I almost took my life a few times after that. When you experience things that you don't understand, why did, why did I come into this world? Why did I come into this world to become a nurse? And then this is what I did. I invited this kind of pain in. Is that really, cause I wasn't a trauma nurse, never been a trauma nurse. I originally was wanting to be, but ended up working and working with pediatrics, mm-hmm. patients, just all over the place, really hospice, but ultimately When you see the things you see and you don't understand it, you go through the pain. Then as an empath, the sensitive and the depression, the anxiety, wanting to die, self-loathing, not understanding why I was the way I was, afraid to tell people because I grew up in a small town, uh, Catholic. This was devil's work. (laughs) Yeah. I was, I had mental health stuff because I don't make enough serotonin because I am a, an HSB, a highly sensitive person. I am a hypersensitive person. And I was, I wasn't taking, I wasn't making, creating enough serotonin in my body. I felt like I was going to crash and burn on and off throughout my life until I finally got on medication and started working on my mental health, working on releasing trauma through spiritual connection, spirituality through connecting with God in a different way, not a religious way, yeah, spiritual way. And that's, I love that you're sharing that because I've been on the same, I've 
it just resonates because I'm like, holy shit, you're talking my story. You know what I mean? Different trauma, but you know, I diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder, got ADHD, OCD, whatever you want to freaking call it. I'm not into labels. I just got some shit that I need to heal. Right. And, and no shame in having taken anti-anxiety and and antidepressants. And in order to get myself in a place where I was able to function in a calm state so I could do the therapy, do the inner healing, do the shadow work and, and begin to heal my shit. Right. And I think it's, there's so much stigma and shame I find, or maybe it's just my own perception based on where I'm at in my life right now. It's like, you know, particularly with healers worker, you know, I'll just say light workers, but it's like, we can't, we, we, we can't, we can't let people know that we're still human. You know, we got to have this persona and it's like, hold on, stop the friggin' train. Discredited. Well, I'm not going to go to her for healing because she's got baggage. Well, there's a difference between having baggage and how we're dealing with baggage. Right. Yeah. And I always tell people too, before you're a healer, a light worker, a medium, you're human first and you have to deal with your human, your physical self first, because Mm -hmm. if you don't, that is going to spill over into the work that you do. And in it's a it's a perception it's an approach to to life and there's no shame in my game absolutely not you know and and I love that you're just being so open and honest about it because I just think yeah I like you're freaking human you know what I mean yeah and for a long time I was afraid to be that when I first started getting online for like a good year I was really afraid to be human I was afraid of being dissected I was afraid because I was bullied a lot in school when I was little we were in an overcrowded bus stop we lived in the country I had big deals I had a space big space I we didn't have a lot of money I had stupid glasses big pigtails with marble big marble things on my head that fucking hurt and we were like one of the last pickups and so there was never a place to sit on the bus you call me four eyes used to pick on me there's so much trauma around bullying and all of it. And then, you know, I could go on and on, but we all have our shit. Long story short, I, I just, I was afraid to be bullied. And then when I started coming out of that spiritual closet and I started seeing people and they started seeing me and they started saying, I love you. Thank you. I needed this. I love your person. I love that. You're just being you. I love that. You're keep going. And I was like, wait a minute, this is me. I'm a class clown. I'm funny. I'm real. I can be introverted and extroverted. I'm really a hermit. I work from home. I live on a farm. I have, I love my animals. Like I have my groceries delivered, but I have to make myself be social. I have to make, I can't just be online in my little online world. I have to make myself go out in the world and be social. But if I had it my way, I wouldn't do as many people things as possible. I would avoid it. But uh, so we have our baggage, but ultimately in order to teach and guide, I can't just teach and guide from my past, from when I was more active or when I was this, I have to be going through phases and experiences. I have to have, we have to have things to talk about. Totally. We have to plug in. There's something with having community and connecting with people that is so nourishing for the soul and it can heal on so many levels. I'm like, you're, I'm I'm like yourself, you know, I like people from a distance and I, and I, and I love people, but I really love people, (laughs) you know, I I like people. (laughs) I love, you know, I, I recognize now people. (laughs) you know I can I can recognize like there's that commonality within us that we're spirit and that at the end of the day we just want to be loved right but at the same time you know with life experiences we can have trauma and hurt and pain and it's like no in this lifetime I I gotta keep my circle small you know what I mean I got work I got work to do and I don't need smart That's really smart. And as you become more and more and more seen as we, as people see us, everyone wants to be our bestie. And that is tough because if we were besties and hanging out with everybody, we would have no life. And so it can be tough because people really want that. And I, like you, I, I've learned to keep my, my circle small. 
I have, you know, we have our subscriptions. You can do your subscription. You know, if people want to get to know me more and I have special events to try to, you know, have that more one-on-one with people, but you do have to be careful because it's a lot to juggle. And if I'm not willing to lift that weight every day, then I have no right letting those people think that I'm there for them in that way. I just don't, I'm one person, right? And that was another thing is that I found myself, and I think you understand this too, where a lot of people were just coming to me for advice and needing me. And I thought like, I'm so intuitive. And everybody says it like, this isn't every, like I thought everybody had it and just, I was just more about willing to share it. And then I realized like, this is a gift. So you also have to be careful because people will use you as a psychic pacifier. And I know you know this. Oh, hundred percent girl. It has yeah. burned me more than once. And people think that we don't run into trouble and we don't run into being burned by people because we can see it. But for self, we might see warning signs, but then there's so many beautiful signs that come in. So we just continue down that path. And then all of a sudden our asses are on fire. We've been set on fire. <laughs> and because we see people's hearts as yeah. empty. And so, you know, people have to understand as psychics, we're not here to predict every second of the day, especially our own days, no. our own personal days. It's so much better for other people. I love to read for other people. And then I'm like, wait, you're a reader. You want to trade? Because it's like hairdressers doing hairdresser. I could do my hair. It's cute. But when you do my hair, I'm getting a lot. Or it's like, okay, that's validation. Because I can't. How do we validate for self? I don't know. I, I struggle with it. And I struggle with it. And to be honest, I don't trust a lot of readers. I don't either. Isn't that a horrible thing to say? It sounds no, horrible, no. but it's just it's, that I'm this sovereign being and I just feel like I have these abilities, not just to help people, but if I can get in the right zone, I should be able to read for myself. But then I don't know. I, I just, it's a, it's a, it's a Courtney thing. It's a Courtney I, thing. I, it's me too. And some people, and some people might say, oh, that's an ego thing. And I'm glad you brought it up. And I know we're coming I know we've been on for a while, but I just want to say it. I think that's a really good point, Courtney. I don't let very many people read for me. I mean, I have friends that will trade with each other and I just don't. And I'll tell you, sometimes if there's a trade, like it might be more like, hey, I do Reiki energy healing and I do like some taste. And even then I can, I will literally be able to name off who I've let touch me in the last, whether it's either through a reading or through energy in the last two years. And I will say, so I get that. And a lot of times I just, we already know, but sometimes I just want a little check-in of validation to make sure, or maybe it's something very specific that I'm really kind of so close to that I need someone else to be able to kind of confirm. Right. Am I in denial right now? Cause I'm being a human. Yeah. I mean, you are. And I have the people and I like the people that will call me. I'll be like, yeah, you're being a little defensive and triggered. You need to be aware of your triggers. You're kind of being bitchy. You're, you're on the borderline of being bitchy, like too bitchy. <laughs> okay. That makes sense. Like you got to pull your Aries moon in. Okay. All right. That's fair. That's fair. Right. And so for me, that's what's important. It's like the more some the more someone is willing to be real with me, it makes me feel safe. Yeah. But you're right. Some people really need that validation. And maybe it's just who you and I are. Some sometimes as hypersensitive people, we just know. I know what the fuck I have to do. I know what I gotta do. I know exactly what needs to happen. I don't need anyone to tell me. I know. I just have to do it. Now, if I'm too close to something and I really need it, or I'm like, this is how I'm feeling, you tell me. But it's really, I already know what I have to do. And I think you know the dip. I think you know that too. Totally. That may that just I love how you explained it. It resonates because it's like yeah. I've always known what I've needed to do. It's a matter if I'm willing to do it. Yeah, it's more that we're stubborn. Yeah. Oh, honey, yes. That's my husband. <laughs> Yes, but sometimes we need that pep talk. Yeah. Sometimes we need that where they're gonna, you know, where somebody's gonna be like, you know, and be like, okay, I needed that reminder, or I was, yeah. I know I was in it too close and I needed someone to do my hair. Yeah. Amy, your hair's like my hair right now. Look, my hair is heavy. It needs layers. It need it needs it needs love. There's a point where I have to go, it's time to go to a hairdresser. 
it's time for me to get a little love. I've been stubborn. I do it myself, but now it's not so good. Yeah. It's one of those things. And I think you should be, I think everybody should be discerning who they connect. Oh my God. Absolutely. A discernment is huge in this work, whether you're going to have a reading or whether you're a reader and discerning, like who you're going to read for, what types of readings do you want to do? What resonates with you? I mean, this, like, honestly, I could talk to you for 10 hours because this conversation is going in so many different directions, but I really feel like you come on my podcast as well. So we can I'd love to, because I need to keep talking with you. Um, But what I love about our our time together today is really how it's about following the voice of our soul and seeing where following those breadcrumbs leads you. And like for people who are listening, there's going to be aha moments in this conversation where they're listening and they're like, oh my God, different story. But I, I, I get that, you know, I don't know how the hell I got here, but I know I'm meant to be here. And when I look back, I can see how everything was so divinely orchestrated. And it shows you like, you really are co-creating your life and your physical and your spiritual experiences each and every moment with a creator, with a source, with an energy, whatever you want to call it, I don't really care, but there is an energy, a presence outside of yourself that is a very willing participant and wanting to help you manifest your desires, not just because you want to have them, but because like you deserve it and you're worthy and you really come into this place of fruitfulness in your life where you let go of the labels, the opinions of other people, the shit people say, the shit people don't do, what they should do. You let go of all of that and you really own yourself. And and that's really what, like for myself, I'm taking away from today's conversation. It's like spirituality is in a box that we can be confined in. And there's a guy that I used to work with and I still keep in talk, contact with him. He's funny as hell. He's just a hoot. And he said this saying, anyways, it was related to a whole other story, but uh, um, we'll keep it here. We'll keep it on present. But he said, you know, you can't cage this bird. And he did the whole thing. And that's true. You can't cage us. We're not meant to be caged. We're not meant to be, we're limitless beings. And so allow yourself to find out what that is and really listen to yourself. And if you need to go see a reader to get that validation and confirmation, perfect. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. But like for myself, I always want to empower people to look within, like your soul knows what you need to do. And readers are there to help remind you, help remember, help you remember that, that truth about your soul. So like such an inspiring conversation, Amy. This was fun. This was a really fun podcast. I enjoyed this a lot. Yeah. Me Me too, love. Yes. Thank you for having me in. And you're and welcome. It's a, fun, it's a fun conversation to have. I think, you know, being real and sharing real experiences and also reminding people that we're connecting with all walks of life in this world. Yeah. And we should always be really aware of what, even as psychics, we are connecting, but ultimately everything you're saying there, Courtney is really beautiful because we have, there's the synchronicities and the way spirit spins and puts us in this place of connection is, it's so magical. And I think even for people who are psychics and mediums, light workers, whatever they're doing and working in spirit, we still are just mystified by it. Like, I don't know about you, but there's times I'm just like, it takes my breath away. The synchronicities or the magic that guidance and intuitiveness can give someone I never say that I'm a therapist but we are mentors of the craft definitely we see and hear feel things there are people who have connected with us for a reading or some different sessions who can walk away and have said I broke through things with you that I haven't broken through in five years with my therapist. It's not because the therapist isn't good. It's because therapy is about building blocks and spirit and and, and time and spirit is about building blocks, but no time. There's no time. Yeah. So we get to build quickly and gently. It's like we always say, it's like I say, and you probably would agree with me. It's 
it's like a butterfly's wings or a dragonfly's wings or a hummingbird, like butterfly, hummingbird, dragonfly. It's that, that high energy. And when you can, it's not just us getting into that high energy, bringing a client face-to-face, whether it's like this or it's in person, bringing them in that realm of high energy to connect is priceless. It's a sense of cleansing, a heavenly drip of nectar. Ooh, I love it. And it's it's just like what Courtney was, it was just like what you were saying, Courtney. It's, and so it's having an experience with any good reader, you are not, this isn't just about you connecting with a loved one and connecting on clarity. It's about connecting to that nectar. And we all should do that maintenance. All of us, every single one of us, even readers, even readers. Definitely readers. Definitely readers. Amy, I loved our conversation. I'd love to have you back. I want to pick your brain more. Time just went by so quick. It was amazing. I know. know. Can you let my listeners know what you got going on and how they can get in contact with you? Yeah. What I've got going on. Well, if you join Instagram and some people like Instagram, you know, if you're not on Instagram, you should be. And for the reasons of they're beautiful, good healers and inspiring people, it's just about who you're following, but you can get some really beautiful learning tips and free advice and guidance. And so Instagram every day, uh, Monday through Friday, I'm putting uh, channel content or something beautiful to help inspire you. Sometimes it's humor, soul empowered humor, whatever that is. But also you can join me on my podcast, The Humbled Soul, streaming on all platforms. I'm going to be inviting Courtney on there because we, we're going to have some more fun. So stay tuned for that. I'm not as organized with how, how Courtney set her, her podcast up is like amazing and beautiful. I'm not nearly as organized, but I'm going to have to be for Courtney because there's no way I'm going to be like, I can't be doing any of that ratchet shit because her shit's on point. Okay. So like, that's what I'm talking about. And with that, so check out the podcast, but also come to the humble soul.com. I'm offering classes all the time. If something isn't in session, it will be. And you, and there's an app there you can join. So when I put a new class up or a new service or anything, you're the first to know about it. So you can get in and get on, on track. I'm also offering a new service and it's called the gentle purge. I am a shaman, a Reiki master. I'm, I'm sorry, not a Reiki master, a Reiki practitioner, almost Reiki master. I'm working on that. And I do shamanic drumming and healing crystal therapy work as well as bringing you through this beautiful messages from the other side. So if you're interested, come check me out. And by the way, don't forget to check out Miss uh, Miss Courtney because I will be posting this. She said I get to have this recording. Yeah, you do. <laughs> and so I'm going to be posting this on my YouTube. So you guys make sure you're connecting with Courtney. So Courtney, if you wouldn't mind, can you just share real quick? Because I'm sharing some of YouTube and I know this is yours, but would you just share a little bit about you real quick? Oh, I love this. We're we're, we're going to swap. So yeah. So for those of you that are checking out the Humbled Soul podcast, you can find me at mediumcourtneydawson.com. And I'm on all socials at mediumcourtneydawson. And I'm the host of the Connected Spirit podcast, where we're having like real authentic candid conversations about mediumship, spirituality, all the shit people don't want to talk about, bringing it to you, the straight goods. And I'm available for classes, mentorship, gallery readings. I do all kinds of stuff. Just go to the website. You'll find it out and would love to connect with you. I love that. You're such a cool cat lady. I'm loving you. All right. And I know I'm older than you. You're such a youngin. I'm 43. You're a youngin. I'm 49. <laughs> oh, honey, you look amazing. And you Just know what? Baby, that- you look amazing. Your skin is gorge. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I don't know. I'm a full coverage girl though. I will say I'm a full coverage. Okay. Well, I've become starting to become one myself. My daughter's a medical esthetician and she's always telling me, mom, SPF, SPF. Yeah. That's the one thing. Yeah. The one I haven't done, I haven't done anything yet, but you know, those Botox shots and stuff are looking good. I'm thinking about some talk, you know, my old. I will. I will. This is totally going to go and probably in another 10, 15 years. I don't care. You know what? We should we we should go together and then we can <laughs> You know what I'm like, you know what time it is? 
there's no shame in my game. I don't no care. shame in mine either, baby. You guys make sure for my followers, make sure you're, you're following Courtney and it was a pleasure. And I look forward to having you on too. We'll talk soon. Absolutely. But- I really hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of the connected spirit. If you did, please leave me a review and a rating wherever you're listening to this podcast. And if you do feel called to share this with your friends, thank you so much for tagging me on Instagram at medium Courtney Dawson. It really helps to get the word out about this podcast so we can help more people just like you. If you're interested in a private reading or attending any one of my mentoring classes, workshops, or events, you can go to mediumcourtneydawson.com or check me out on Instagram at mediumcourtneydawson. Have a great day, guys.